and welcome to the Campaign Podcast, brought to you by Campaign Magazine and powered by something else. I'm Shona Ghosh, Technology Editor at Campaign, and of course you'll be expecting to hear the marketing mind. We are still the same, we've just rebranded to the Campaign Podcast. This month I'm joined by Tom Ollerton, who is Innovation Director at We Are Social, and also my colleague Maisie McCabe, who is Acting UK Editor at Campaign. Good morning. Welcome to this first campaign podcast. Uh, The podcast title is I'm Sorry Dave, I'm Afraid I Can't Do That in reference to, (laughs) I hope, a reference you all get, which is, uh, of course, Space Odyssey and the nightmare bot that is HAL 9000 and it won't do slowly anything anyone asks. And what we're talking about today is uh, the future of customer service in the age of machines and bots, in fact. Tom, I want to kick off talking to you about some recent work you've done with Domino's. Walk us through that a little bit. Yeah, sure. Uh, so Domino's came to us and they were talking about their easy order functionality. Uh, which what is, is that? So if you go to the website and sign up your credit card details and your favourite address and your favourite pizza, if you press the easy order button, as if by magic, your favourite pizza will arrive at your house. Uh, so that's on the app. There's a big green button that also exists on the website. Uh, I believe there's also a smartwatch version of that. Um, and then quite famously, they did the order via a pizza emoji. Um, awesome. On Twitter, yeah, brilliant. Um, and so they were asking us, you know, what should we be doing in the instant messaging space? So we thought, well, that'd be a, an easy way to extend that easy order offer. So we launched Dom the Chatbot. Um, and you could do... Who very... came up with that name? Um, well, I think... Well, Dom's their kind of AI character, I guess. Okay. Uh, already in existence, so it was an easy place for Dom to exist. So we created a tone of voice for him and um, kind of created a whole kind of personality for him, um, including uh, some very witty comebacks. So I think it's kind of human nature and certainly the nature of our business to want to kind of break these machines. So we knew that they would get inundated with all kinds of abuse. So we had a brilliant session at the agency, like probably about 70 of us just coming up with smart comebacks. So it's quite weird when you play with him, if you try and, you know, get him to trip up. He's just got comeback after comeback after comeback. It's just... Clever bot. It's, you can't break him. You'd have to be there for a long time. So he actually came across having way more personality than actually he was kind of designed to in a way, which is a, a nice... You've got any examples? Um, I think if you, laws, if you yeah, swear yeah. at him, he says, give me a break. I'm just doing this job to earn bitcoins to put my kids through chatbot school. <laughs> nice. <laughs> which, which I quite liked. So this is obviously in reference to the fact that on Facebook Messenger, uh, brands can now create sort of AI-ish kind of bots that, that talk back to you if you type in questions or want to get something done, like ordering a pizza. There are now kind of automated services that that let you do that, and that's basically what Domino's has done. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's changing social media. I think it's a real line in the sand case study, or certainly year uh, for social media, because... uh, Isn't it always the year for social media? (laughs) No, that's mobile. (laughs) (laughs) So what we can do now is understand the relationship between what goes in Facebook newsfeed, what happens in the bot, and then what happens on sales on site. So there's a direct correlation between those three inputs so I'm not going to go into the figures but the early signs are incredibly positive that we can actually track a, a cash ROI from activity in social which historically has been very very difficult to prove unless it's some kind of DR campaign which traditionally doesn't do very well so I think that it's a huge opportunity for brands if they've got something you know like a, a web a dot com where they can sell something or if you're a, an automotive brand where you want to book a test drive that now social instead of being this thing we know is really, know is really important but tra- is traditionally quite 
difficult to prove the value of. We now have a bot or a character or a service that allows to track sales from activity, paid or otherwise, in the news feed to come right through to a conversation with the bot to a measurable sale at the other end. So all, all being well, I think this is a, a big change for social. Maisie, would you order pizza via bot or do you any other have any sort of other contact with a brand? I don't know. I'm I'm probably a bit of a Luddite, to be fair. Do you um, not even have Facebook Messenger? Do you even know what Facebook I Messenger is? I do have Facebook Messenger, but I just don't really... I don't. I mean, what's wrong with going to the website? I always order the same pizza, but I quite like to kind of, you know, kind of keep open the option that I might deviate well you know. uh, yeah the exciting thing isn't ordering the same pizza right that's just that's, that's almost like the mvp you know that's like what's the cheapest quickest fastest thing we can do to prove the validity of experimenting on this platform so there's we have much bigger plans for it but you, uh, as an innovation person i think that it, there's a kind of uh, like an ethical thing that you can't just say to a brand hey, you should definitely spend two million quid on this because i think it's going to work so i think it's interesting and i saw it itself by southwest i think that's wrong so often what we do is to say well look what's the least amount of time energy and money we can spend on proving the the business validity of a, a technology or an innovation and then get that out the door prove make that work and it's just it's the way i, I mean a lot of the way you start startups operate, so we're not suggesting that you, people shouldn't go to the website. But um, uh, if you can make it easier for someone using just a kind of text-based interface, then that opens up a lot of possibilities. Yeah, I just think sometimes the kind of the the value of of social and the newest thing is, you know, people get a bit carried away. Um, with the kind of new shiny thing, and I think that's what we've seen with some brands recently who have obviously, like PNG, you know, are actually looking at um, spending more in traditional media. I think whilst you were sort of contrasting this to DR campaigns, I'd say this is a, I mean, it is a kind of, it is an, you know, it's a one-to-one -one conversation that you're having with customers, which is, you know, really important and has a place. But for Domino's wider brand kind of um, equity, I would have thought it's it's kind of what, you know, some of the more traditional media would still play a big part, or...? Yeah, I think we're a long, way, a long way off chatbots replacing everything else, you know. As, as with every kind of derivation of social or digital, it's part of a, a wider mix. Um, and I think, yeah, that that is interesting to see more traditional brands to go back to a more traditional spend, but I don't know, it's going to have to be a pretty creative idea to get, like, a personal washing powder bot or something. It's a bit easier for Domino's because they've already had that. It's almost expected for them to be a bit out there and a bit wacky. I spoke to Peter Duffy, Group Commercial Director at EasyJet, um, about whether the airline would ever consider introducing Facebook Messenger bots, not something they currently do, and this is what he had to say. Bots are clearly very interesting, but you have to be very careful that you are not delivering something which is efficient for the organisation but not great for the consumer. So any customer I talk to, any customer who writes to me, is really looking in the main for a personalised response based on the individual situation that they're in. And there's nothing more frustrating than receiving a very standardised response when you've come up with a very specific set of concerns about a situation. So I think companies really have to begin to understand how to apply that effectively if they're going to deliver great service. It's great technology, it's really interesting technology, as always, it's the application to the real-life situation that will be the indicator of whether it's genuinely successful or not. So, obviously, I don't want to get too hung up on bots, um, but he kind of raises the wider um, customer service point. So, I mean, do you see, Tom, kind of bots and, you know, the movement towards sort of, you know, kind of scribbling things down on your phone and maybe using voice search or kind of 
moving towards sort of voice uh, assistance as some, you know, a wider shift in the way brands and consumers might be talking to each other? Yeah, I think there's sort of two things that are happening kind of side by side, which kind of all ladder up to what is just personalization, really. Uh, With the bot experience, if you've got a good one, you're creating a very kind of personalized experience just for you. Like you're, you're essentially removing all extraneous information by just saying, I want this. Whereas if you go to a website, you've, you're inundated with lots of different messages and you have to kind of work out which one you want and then slowly remove everything. Whereas a conversation with a bot takes you directly to the thing you want, ideally. And then similarly with uh, other interfaces like Amazon Alexa, I got mine the other day, and we've been playing with it at the office for a couple of months, is that it's actually very similar to bots in a sense because even though one's voice controlled and the other one's kind of uh, text controlled you're still just saying i want this one specific thing and then the brand or the device or the app is giving you back that result and he says well do you want something else yes okay i'll have that so they're both personalization but just delivered on very different platforms so that's what i'm talking to our brands about is like how are you going to provide a, a like really personalized service yes you could do it through a bot but that same conversation architecture that you'd have on a bot could also be used on alexa so say so for example it um the uh, I think National Rail have a Alexa app, and you can say, "Oh, what's going on with my commute?" And they go, "Oh, right, the train's down or whatever." That that, could, that conversation would work exactly the same on on Messenger. So, actually, we're trying to think about how how that kind of conversation architecture architecture works the same, but across different devices. You could also have like uh, I guess I suppose the the end result's probably be a, a blend of the two, whereby if he's kind of worried about personalization, it might be if you just checking a few hours ahead whether your flight's on time maybe you can do that in a bot quite easily if you've missed your flight you know there could there be some trigger you know words that kind of push you through to a, a kind of actual real life person to speak to I don't, I don't know you might know more about that but you know could it could you have a blend of a mixed mixed bot mixed person kind of format yeah yeah that's it's technically absolutely possible um it, you know it depends what your customer service team are using it's uh, you can switch in and out between those two things if you need to but i think it's still exciting because fundamentally people are just getting a, a customer service experience where they're just removing all the stuff that they don't need to read or do and just get delivered the thing that they want so it's interesting for me obviously as a practitioner but there's a massive consumer benefit to it so it's a, that's a completely different customer experience I and mean, the best one i saw even though it was entertainment, was, you know, Humans, a TV show? Yes, I was going to bring this up. But... It's amazing. The website, which is, like, almost... It was a dot-com for the company that makes the synths, and it's like, would you like to return your synth? And then, But the, the, the bot, it was so incredible. Like, it was really convincing. Like, I had a conversation with it, and then it went crazy. And... Shona laughed out loud. I did. Well, it we'll just day. explain for anyone who's not up to speed, so this is in reference to uh, Channel 4's drama series, Humans, and um, the, the broadcasters just t- started promoting promoting the second series and it's, it's done it through this quite uh because the series is about robots uh, or synths um quite cleverly they've built a synth or bot or synth powered bot for a facebook messenger and it talks to you and it's very entertaining as Maisie says and i was quite tickled by uh, talking to it the other day but as, as tom says it's pretty pretty convincing and i think that's to do with very clever scripting and clever responses and also I, actually the first campaign did really well actually you know i think it was the most it was one of the biggest dramas that Channel 4 had had for years, maybe. I think I can't, right. I can't I remember how many, but uh, something it's something like ridiculous. That, yeah, yeah and, it's, and it's won a host of industry awards just at, um, 
our new Thinking Awards this week. Good up again, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's. Um, I think maybe you're right. Maybe it's that point. It's it's about the brand and about the sh- you know in this case the TV show, just as Domino's um, you know the Domino's audience are kind of expect that from their you know from their brand. Maybe you know the sort of the nature of the show was to be kind of innovative. Well, it, well, it supported a, an existing narrative. So, and that's it's kind of easy for storytelling brands. I think there was an amazing one that was done for the Call of Duty franchise with like the, you know, there's this some guy who's behind them at enemy lines or whatever. And so, if you've got like an existing story there, it's it, in some ways it's a lot, a lot easier for entertainment brands. And, um, but then conversely, quite straightforward for customer service brands because if you've got like a, um, kind of common FAQs, then a brand could just pitch in and answer those with a bot, and then when necessary, transfer over to someone else. I just think that the, maybe the P and Gs might struggle with it because, for a you know a home and personal care brand, they've got to create their own narrative just from yeah. scratch for that bot to be useful. And also, we've seen in that sort of thing, if you're trying to create an emotional connection where there's not one. It's not always the most successful it's route. It's hard to, to feel love for your laundry powder. Uh, or, or, yeah, or loo roll. Exactly. Um, and maybe some people do, but I'm not one of those people. Uh, I'm interested in sort of what Domino's kind of end game is. So the box kind of, you know, I think Domino's often like to, to talk about themselves as, as as much tech as pizza or even more tech than pizza. Um, so what when, the, you know, when they... How do they come to you as a brand and say, this is what we're thinking, let's do a bot? Sort of how does that work? What's the sort of... And thinking, we have actually had Domino's on the podcast before, so they they have talked about this on previous episodes, but um, not speaking about the bot specifically. So what is it that they come to you and say... Well, their end game ultimately is selling pizzas, really, isn't it? And, um, I think that <laughs> but they're a tech company, <laughs> not a pizza company. Well, we've seen that approach. Um, I think Burberry would be a, a similar example, right? They're just like a tech-first brand, right? And there's always PR value out of um, being kind of first and, and becoming famous for that. Do you think that's all? Do you think there's more value than just PR? Because obviously we leap on stuff like Burberry and Domino's. But is there sort of, you know, is it genuinely useful for consumers? You mentioned that you can't go into numbers, but that it's proving quite popular with Domino's. So is there, you know, more than just the like, and we like to be tech first as well? Yeah, I think absolutely. Um, it's it's what we're calling like the needy consumer that um, someone described to me once. Is what, what, Good what, phrase. There's a new phrase we can what, latch onto. What, what does that mean? Well, we're all like kind of Louis the Fourteenth. You know, he he would go. I want X for dinner, and I want a carriage to take me to wherever, and I I want to have a conversation with so and so, and loads of people would run around in the background and make it so for him. Whereas we're like that now. We're like, right, I want a car. You just press the button, and it like it magically appears not enough poof of smoke but almost you know and then if you order your dinner how many people went into your like Thai green curry that was sent around it's like literally there's tens of people the people who delivered it drove it there uh, the people who made it like the people who installed the oven like there's a huge amount of people go into giving us something quite simple that we don't notice and because uh, Amazon are doing like was it two hour delivery um, Domino's are doing pizza you just press your watch and it arrives and Uber are doing stuff with Amazon Echo as well where you can order it just by speaking it creates an expectation uh, and I think it's really interesting if you look at innovation it, uh, if you say I know someone releases a self-driving car or a, an electric car then it creates an expectation of all the other providers in that category like you know when you take a uh, your card into a, uh, a news agent and you can't pay by by contactless. You're like you live in the dark. Ages. I also so don't have contactless. I was going to ask you. Are you? I feel as as our in in studio luddite. Like, do you, do you feel a sense of this kind of? Self? It's something that we definitely talk about at campaign quite a lot of this idea of the selfish consumer, the on demand consumer. Like, do you, do you 
do you observe that and see that as sort of being a thing? Are you, are I'm not aware of it's a thing. I just don't think... I think often with these, you know, when when there's sort of an idea of a new trend, it's, you know, the what's that old adage where they're kind of probably not as prevalent immediately but then have more of an impact over, you know, a longer term potentially. I um, I just don't mind putting my PIN number in. Well, like, Bill, Bill, Gates said, um, <laughs> Bill Gates said, I think that if uh, most people overestimate what tech will do in two years but underestimate what it will do in ten and it's a bit like the light switch that you don't turn on the light switch and then just completely amazed by the fact the room is bathed in light you just get used to it and so all of these things that we're talking about they'll either go by the wayside or they'll get adopted and then become like the light switch and you just won't notice anymore. So bots are really interesting right now, but as soon as 15, you've written about 15 to 20 brands doing about them, it's not news, it's not a story anymore. And gradually, consumers will get used to using them and, and then eventually it'll just become so commonplace it's uh, not interesting anymore. Sorry, to, but to your point, you know, how, how do you use this with, say, washing powder? Like, to get to that point where they're so ubiquitous, there needs to be used for them to for more brands, more variety of brands, don't you think, or...? Well, I think the the washing powder one's an interesting example because the thing I'm starting to notice with voice-controlled things like the Amazon Echo or Google Home when it comes out is that if my washing machine has run out of tablets, I can just go, Echo, I want 50 tablets, just get me the cheapest ones, and I'll go, fine, that goes in my Amazon basket and then comes to my house. I haven't mentioned a brand. I haven't mentioned uh, an advert I've seen or anything like that. So actually, uh, are those... FMCG brands still going to market to me or are they going to market to the algorithm? Are they going to create yeah. some relationship with my washing machine that I never know about? That was the sub- subject, like the point of Tim Berners-Lee's speech at Cannes last year. Um, so I interviewed him afterwards and it was it, this idea that in the future that, yeah, your kind of, you know, AI assistant is going to be more important than than you are, really, in terms of who brands are marketing to because, like you say, they'll be they'll be planning our lives without actually... You know, getting any feedback. So, and it's so hard to imagine. But I think the best example I saw of that recently was a girl who created a Twitter bot, and the Twitter bot scoured for mentions of like hashtag job or hashtag vacancy, and automatically interacted with whatever company that was and said, "Can I send you my CV?" And so then a real person at the other end would go, "Yeah, sure, send me your CV." And then the bot would like ping it over, and then within a few days she got job offers because this was happening at you know tens of thousands of times in a, in a moment's notice and I've been thinking a lot about us having a kind of sort of proxy version of ourselves that takes care of a lot of that stuff so if you I mean that would be the dream if I could just make build something if you could build me something that reads and responds to my emails that would yeah. be awesome yeah I mean I'm I'm experimenting at the minute with uh, a service called Amy which is a artificially intelligent PA and so you just copy Amy in on your email and you say, oh, sure, no, let, sure let's, let's have coffee next week. Amy, can you organise this? And then she's got access to my calendar. <laughs> but it really doesn't work. Yeah. Um, Does it schedule things in for Saturday or 11pm on a Friday and your n- business, your client is just going, why is No, you, you, you said it like, oh, I'll only meet between uh, you know, 11 and 3 or whatever in these places at, at these times. Um, but as soon as the other person sort of tries to get involved and says, well, actually, I mean, that's not convenient for me. If she doesn't get that, then it'll, it's a bit of a hal situation, like you mentioned at the start of the episode. Sorry, Dave. Yeah. Um, so I'd say it works most of the time, but and I'm prepared to take the hit, and I've had to make some big apologies, but you can see that the way... The you way really have to go. dig into the detail now. Tell, yeah, us a, yeah. tell us a gaff. tell us an Amy gaff. what she said. 
Um, well, it's not what she says. She's just like irritates the hell out of her. <laughs> and then people at work will just try and annoy her. Right. And so she, her, her little kind of AI brain doesn't work. <laughs> but if you also have a, a personal assistant that's made by the same company, then I go, oh, Amy, sort this out. Or I think you can call Adam as well. Um, and that would just automatically happen. So I think that I think it will, the same thing will happen for dating as well. So instead of like Tinder, you swipe, you've got a bot that already knows what your preferences oh, are. Oh, God. But the thing is, surely the problem is you don't, it's, you know, emails, re- replies like that aren't all the same. So, you know, I might say to Shona, yeah, let's definitely chat properly. You know, we haven't spoken in ages next week. And I mean genuinely, you know, let's find some really good time. I might say that to someone else, and I don't really mean that. I mean, like, maybe I might have half an hour for you in a couple of weeks or a couple of months. But I'm slightly white lying in the, in the email as to my availability. I think that's... Yeah. You've just kind of triggered a thought about language. So we just had... Um, we've just sort of been looking at the Echo, and we had someone write us a piece um, who's just sort of like you... Uh, had the Amazon Echo speaker who's written us a review and he talked about how um, it's it's sort of slowly impacting or just in the 24 hours he's had it impacted the way he asks questions of the device so I wonder what it means for language and the way we communicate with our computers and AIs and whether there's going to be a slight impact on the way we just even write things down and a horrible standardization of language that none of us want what a dark future we're looking at. Yeah, I think I, I haven't really noticed that. I just play games to see how quietly I can get away with it. <laughs> Alexa, <laughs> um, which my girlfriend thinks is very strange indeed. Um, but I think uh, talking about language, I think a really interesting one is a company called CrystalNose.com. I know CrystalNose. Do you but ex- use it? Explain for the listeners exactly what it is. Okay, so it's a Chrome plugin uh, that works uh, with your email and also works with LinkedIn. So if I was going to look at your LinkedIn profile, uh, a crystal nose box would pop up and then break down what kind of personality that you have based on everything that you say in social, whether you're outgoing or particular interested in technology, uh, good with words, whatever it is. Um, but then the email one is fascinating. So if I, if I type your name into an email like to, um, you know, to a two box, it would say, um, you should use this type of language with Shona. Um, and then there's a little drop-down menu saying, is this, a, is this a sales email? Is it a personal? Is it for drinks? Is it for a reference? And you just press reference, and then it writes an email for you. So I, personally, I don't think it works. It's, it's pretty clunky. But for customer service, it's fascinating. So if I'm a customer service representative and you call me up, and at least I've got, and you're, you're livid, at least I know the kind of words or do I speak in long, slow, reassuring sentences or, or should I be cut to the point? So I think a technology like Crystal Nose could really help customer service in those situations when you are a bit livid. It's sort of assuming that people are the same in real life than they are online, though, to a certain extent, isn't what it? an interesting thought. Yeah, maybe not. You know, well, people tend to be much more aggressive online, don't they? Well, yeah, it, or, or not, potentially. Or they could be particularly annoyed. Yeah. At the time in which you're calling, are they? Well, I think the sensible things that people are saying about AI at the minute are all around that it, it won't replace stuff, it'll just augment stuff, as most technology does. You know, like, not you don't have all of your phone calls on your mobile, or you don't make all your journeys in your car. Like, technology never well, tends to not completely replace everything. The light switch doesn't, you know, you don't stop we don't stop going outdoors and so I think the AI and things like Amy and Crystal Nose and the Domino's chatbot will like overtake a little bit of what we do and increasingly amount but I hope it never replaces everything that would be horrible
This seems like a good time to uh, finish on the closing thoughts of EasyJet's uh, Peter Duffy and what sort of good customer service really means. Fundamentally, people want good service and that hasn't changed. Their definition of what good service is has changed. So looking at response times, you know, people expect you to come back immediately if they are using Twitter. If they are emailing you, they're expecting much faster response times than they did, I think, even even five years ago. Uh, and more and more, they want those services to be provided real time. They want those services to be provided so they can, you know, they can actually execute on them themselves. So yeah, I, I do think the definition of good service is shifting very, very quickly. Any thoughts on that? It's, it's almost like he was pre-reading our minds about the Uberization of uh, technology and how consumers behave. Well, for me, uh, as much as I'm interested in technology and innovation, I think that genuine care is probably going to be the thing that really makes a difference in customer service. It's a bit like what they say in social, you know, do stuff that people generally want to share and talk about is the best way to do social. And I think customer service, don't get distracted by technology. And just when a human interacts with a human, make sure it's genuine and real and that person actually cares. And that person will tell all their friends and family about it far more than they will about some smartwatch that let them check in at their hotel. Okay. I'd say, bots. I'd say you need to join it up, you know, presuming you have a kind of physical space. It's sort of, there's no point in spending loads of money on, on chatbots if the, when you go into store, <laughs> you know, the kind of experience is rubbish and there's, you know, no people around, they're badly trained or, you know, there's too many queue, you know, too many people at the queue um, to pay. Close that loop. Yes. Excellent thought. Yes, some great lessons there for brands to take away. Um, don't don't just build chatbots. Make everything else really good as well. Um, thank you so much for your thoughts, guys, on this slightly always always turns quite dark and nihilistic. The campaign podcast. We're trying to try and be more cheerful next time. Um, you have of course been listening to the campaign podcast. I'm Shona Ghosh, and a special thank you to our producer Nan Davies and to our hosts Something Else. Uh, also to my guests Maisie McCabe and Tom Ollerton. You can join in the conversation on Twitter by tweeting at Campaign Mag or at Marketing UK, and you can find previous episodes and subscribe to us on Audio Boom and iTunes. You've been listening to the campaign podcast. Thank you.